And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, that was a vintage 49ers performance. I think we've seen this movie before, right? 49ers coming off a tough loss, play the Rams on Monday Night Football. And just throttle the Rams. And that's what happened last night, except this was even more impressive, I thought, than the 2021 version. That was 31 to 10. This was 24 to 9. But guys, I don't think the score tells the full story. The, this was the, the worst Rams offensive performance of the McVeigh Matthew Stafford partnership. They, they managed only 3.6 yards per play. 49ers defense did what they talked about doing all week after they didn't force any takeaways in Denver. They forced two, and they, they probably should have forced more. They dropped a couple picks, but they forced two, including the Talano Hufanga pick six. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, we talked about the need for Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan to rediscover their cohesion, find that efficiency again, and boy, did they ever. Uh, the, the offense was clicking there early on, built the 49ers a little bit of a lead. And then, you know, even in the second half, the, the 49ers are playing a really good defense, obviously, with Aaron Donald on the other side. When when there might have been some oil leaking in the second half, the 49ers defense slammed the door shut with that Talanao Hofanga pick six. So an all-around performance, Matt, and now the 49ers are in sole possession of first place in the NFC West. Suddenly, the sky is not falling. Yeah, for sure, and, and that defense really stepped up because the, the game, you know, started to have the look of the previous three where, you know, the defense is uh, just pitching this uh, excellent uh, game and uh, the offense just isn't able to pull away and it's keeping the opponent in the game. And, and you're right, uh, Hufanga just absolutely slammed the door shut. Good for him. Um, he's having a sensational start to the season and uh, the rest of those guys, Dennis, were just getting after Matt Stafford. I mean, I, I was reminded of that 2019 game in, in San Francisco uh, where, where Jared Goff was still the, the Rams quarterback. And uh, he just looked helpless back there, had to kind of throw the ball in the dirt a few times, had to throw the ball away, uh, was just overwhelmed. And at times, Stafford uh, looked the same way, uh, did not look like a Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, you can always count on him for a couple of mistakes. And, and this time, Dennis, the, the 49ers made a quarterback really pay for a bad throw in the, uh, in the second half. You know, we talk about this defense and, you know, they, they could be the real deal. And, you know, to, again, basically a shutout, you know, three field goals last night in a Monday night football game, and they just dominated. And, you know that that front four. You know Eric Armstead was there. He had a he had a messed up foot, uh, a bruised foot, uh, and you know Kinlaw wasn't in there. But guys stood up, and you know, and they showed out, and they got after the quarterback. You know Nick Bosa is going to be Nick Bosa, but Sam Ebucon he he stood up. Uh, he had a couple sacks. Uh, you know Drake had a had a couple pressures, some fumble recoveries, forced fumbles. 
Uh, and then Nick Bosa with his two sacks. So this d- defensive front set the tone early in this football game, and they played four quarters. And, you know, you you can see kind of what a defense does. A defense sets the tone of the football game. And the 49ers just continue to do it. And if they can keep this up, I mean, this is going to be a special team, a special group of guys at the end of the football season. Well, let's put it in perspective. Dennis, you mentioned if they could keep this up. Uh, This is 3.8 yards allowed per play over the first four games. Uh, The 1985 Chicago Bears allowed 4.4 per play. The 2000 Ravens, another Super Bowl champion, allowed 4.3 per play. So if they could keep this up, this this is historic stuff. Uh, for the 49ers defense and you know another thing they have to keep up is the takeaways and and obviously those started coming last night they helped dictate that game you know one thing that the Rams were able to do is that they were able to sustain a, a few drives like long drives in the the first half especially I mean these were 10 plus play drives but the thing is the 49ers never gave up a play over 20 yards so the Rams are just nickel and diming them the problem is that you can nickel and dime a team to death uh, you know, as we saw from from Denver last week, Den- Denver was able to paper cut the 49ers there over the course of that game. They had a couple drives that, that, that didn't move the ball. Then the 49ers gave up the bigger plays at the end. So you have to put a stop to the bending at some point. And the 49ers did that with the Talanoa Hufanga interception. That was kind of that big statement that I thought took the defense from, yeah, they're playing good, but okay, now, now they're playing great. Now now they're delivering. And that yards per play metric, 3.8 yards per play, that that is impressive. So we'll see if the 49ers can keep that up. They've got Baker Mayfield on a really struggling Panthers offense next, so I don't see why not for another week. Patrick Mahomes is going to come calling in a couple weeks, and that's lining up to be a hell of a showdown. But but this defense now number one in the NFL, Matt, in DVOA, number one in EPA per play, number one in points allowed, I think 11.5 per game. And remember that seven of those points came via Seattle special teams on, on a blocked field goal and a return for a touchdown. So that the allowance for the defense is under 10 per play. Those are all number one marks in the NFL. And, you know, if you want to talk about really staggering statistics, the 49ers defense had 36 pressures yesterday. Nick Bosa had 14 pressures alone. For perspective, the Rams had only five pressures as a team. The Rams had five as a team. The 49ers had 36 as a team, and Bosa had 14 on his own. So this was total domination up front and also a testament to the fact that the 49ers blitzed the hell out of the Rams because they were on their third-string center. 14 blitzes. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a great plan from D'Amico Ryans. It certainly worked. The Rams were overwhelmed. And I thought maybe Jimmy Garoppolo said it best. He said that most of the time he was adjusting on the sideline, but a couple times he took a peek out on what was happening. And he said it looked like hell for Matthew Stafford. And from our perspective, it certainly looked like hell for Matthew Stafford as well. Yeah, seven sacks, which is the most by the 49ers since that 2019 game against the Carolina Panthers. That was the the game where uh, Nick Bosa read a screen pass and and batted the ball to himself and nearly ran it all the way back. So um, it's been a while since they've had just a kind of a sack fest like they had there. And, you know, one one of the things that that caught my eye was the the time of possession. Um, You know, it just felt like the 49ers dominated that game. But you look at the the clock and um, the, the Rams held the ball for nearly... Um, 10 more minutes than the 49ers. Uh, ran 74 plays to versus 50 against the 49ers. And I think that that goes back to that opening drive, which was a, a long, methodical drive. And, and what you were noting, David, that um, you know the, their longest play of the game was 18 yards. That's nothing. 
in the NFL. The 49ers had five that were uh, beyond 18. Uh, they had five beyond 25. Uh, so um, uh, that uh, kind of uh, bend but don't break um, element really won the day for the 49ers. So I think that was a, uh, a, a big part of it. Dennis, I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, um, Eric Armstead leaves the game in the early in the second half. Javon Kinlaw doesn't even start the game. Uh, which led to a lot of Kevin Gibbons, uh, a lot of Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, Charles Amenehu had to play on the inside a lot more than he usually does. Same with Kerry Hyder. Uh, wh- which of those guys sort of caught your your uh, your eye on the inside of that line? Well, Kevin Gibbons. And, you know, he's he's played really well. He had a good preseason, and he's, you know, he's played the times that he's been in the on the football field. Um, Rid- Ridgeway impressed me. I mean, that's a big dude. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he, he's he's a big dude. He's hard to move off his point. So, and he had he had a little he had some. Well, everybody had a little pass rush. But what 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 this defense did, and is what you want to do as a defensive unit. You want to make a team one dimensional, and that's what it was. You know, we talk about the bend and don't break. I mean, the 49ers, Other than that, I think it was the second half, and then that first drive of the game. There were some long drives, like you said, Matt, but. But but there was no they didn't put put uh, a touchdown on the scoreboard they had to end up with a field goal so the defense was able to take away that run game and then put it on Matthew Stafford's shoulders and you know he's a quarterback that's going to throw a pick six or he's going to throw a, he's going to throw a pick and if he's playing against the 49ers, he's going to eventually throw a pick six because he kind of always does it but this defense I mean up front I mean it was sticky coverage in the back Drake Greenlaw had a fantastic game he had yeah. double digit tackles but. You know, it uh, it all started up front. I mean, the pressure's on the quarterback, uh, and it's and it's really easy first when you got good pass rushers, but then when you have a guy like a Nick Bosa who's taking up all the attention, you're game planning him, you're you're double teaming him, uh, and then you're you're chipping him, and then D'Amico Ryan's had a great game plan. He starts stunting Nick Nick Bosa. He started doing a lot of we used to call it NTs. You know, the tackles go and then the end kind of loops back around. And I think Nick Bosa got a couple sacks on 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 just those those twist games, um, and then he also he frees up other guys to play well. Ebukon, you know Drake Jackson. I mean, because everyone's focused on Nick Bosa, and then now these other guys who are getting isolated one on one, they have an opportunity to get off the ball and get after the quarterback. But uh, Kevin Givens, I mean, he's a guy that you know he just shows up consistently. He plays the run well. Uh, and now he's becoming a really good three-technique pass rusher. So, you know, the inside, I was kind of worried because I didn't know if Eric Armstead was going to play in this game. Ken Law's out with, you know, uh, uh, his knee is still bothering him. But, you know, you have to have guys on that second level, that second tier, that when they get in a football game, they can be productive. And we saw it last night with Ridgeway and Kevin Givens. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. That swim move that Kevin Givens put on Jeremiah Cologne, who was the, the third-string tackle for the Rams for the tackle for loss in the second half, that was impressive. And Givens is so quick. He plays with really good leverage. And, you know, as you said, uh, Dennis, I mean, the 49ers are playing a little bit shorthanded along that interior. It was Javon Kinlaw's birthday, but he was unable to go after testing out the knee and pregame warm-ups. Armstead didn't finish the game. We're going to get an update on him as this week progresses, that that foot might be a recurring issue throughout this entire season. He's got plantar fasciitis in the foot, which is a little bit mysterious, might not you know, just go away overnight. So it's really important that the 49ers flex their depth, and I think somebody that's been flexing that depth is definitely Kevin Givens. You know, and on the edge, the 49ers have three players in the top 18 in terms of pressure so far this season. Nick Bosa leads the league. He's He's got 30 pressures, but the 49ers also have Sansom Ebucom and Charles Amenahu in the top 18. So, I mean, it, it just just think about uh, th- that that collection of guys that that's ranking in in the top 18 in pressures. Bosa was obviously ready-made coming out of college. He's only gotten better under Chris Kasarek, but the way that the 49ers have developed both Ebucom and Charles Amenahu is just such a testament to the staff, to Kasarek, to Daryl Tapp in that defensive line room. Ebucom came from the Rams where I think it was, it's very apparent now that the Rams were playing Ebucom at the wrong position. They're playing him, you know, kind of like Drake Jackson in college. He was dropping back in the coverage a lot. He, he wasn't allowed to just put his hand in the dirt and rush the passer. And we see how good he is there. We see how rigid he can be against the run because he's stronger than that 250-pound frame would suggest. And then Charles Amenahu, the guy's just a monster physically, 6'5", 270 or so, maybe a little bit lighter now uh, just, just to, to roar off the edge in that wide nine. But the Texans completely didn't know how to coach him. He's very vocal about that. He called the Houston a circus show they and you know there, there's validity in his words the guy couldn't pick up any sacks with Houston he shows up to the 49ers and he turns into a monster so I think that you know we talk about how good this defense is it starts with the culture and the coaching up front that defensive line is the engine Matt and guys like Sansom Ebicom and Charles Amenahu are embodiments of, of the system that the 49ers have built because it's roaring at full speed right now yeah I thought the Amenahu game was uh, his best one as a 49 49- um, certainly played the most, uh, 38 snaps. That, that, that's the most since he came over in that trade last year. And uh, I, I think it really illustrated um, just uh, who he is as a player. Um, you know, Eric Armstead leaves, and he essentially becomes Eric Armstead. Uh, he spent the, the first half of the game a, as an edge rusher, and he was fine there. Uh, but a, as you noted, he's a, he's a bigger guy. Um you know, Ar- Armstead spent a lot of time at, at D-end early on in, in previous years and um, really good at holding the edge, uh, really good on playing the run, but he's not a speed rusher. Uh, so when, when Armstead left, Dennis, and um, Menehue uh, moved inside, I mean, to me it looked a lot like Armstead in there. Just uh, using that quickness, using that length, 
Uh, and of course, he's going up against a, a third string center a lot of the time. <laughs> That's going to make anybody look like an all pro. But I just felt like Amenahue was in his element, maybe even a little bit more when he was playing on the inside than he was when he was playing the edge. And that's sort of been the uh, the career path that that Eric Armstead's taken as well. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. Watching him in the middle there, I actually thought it was Eric Armstead, and he's 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 got he's got those long arms. He's a he's a lengthy guy, but he's got that quickness, that first step. Uh, and I, I think his, you know, he, I think he had a sack last night, and yeah. he was he was he was he was definitely always, you know, getting that gut pressure and against a guy like. Uh, Matthew Stafford. That's what he hates because he's a pocket. He's a pocket passer. He wants to sit in the pocket. He wants to use that strong arm to throw the ball down the football field. So, you know, again, you know that 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 Rams offensive line was beat up, and the 49ers front four took advantage of it, and and, and they did that in a way with just you know the pressures. Like I said, take away that run game, and then you kind of pin your ears back, and that was the fear I had. You know that the Rams against the 49ers offensive line but that offensive line I don't know what they do you know uh, McKivitz goes out you know pretty early in the football game but that line holds up and I'll go back to to uh to Aaron Banks for some reason something's happened with him he's become really good at pass pro and you know they're number 99 you know Aaron Donald was on that defensive line and for some reason the 49ers can scheme him and they can set up some wham blocks and some you know some some certain runs fullback dives that just kind of attack that middle and get a lot of yards and kind of eliminate an Aaron Donald. I mean, he had his plays. He had a couple of nice plays in the game. But for the most part, you know, that offensive line, that, that 49ers offensive line, you know, it's always been a question mark. But they showed up last night and they played really well as a unit. Yeah, man, they... <laughs> I'm just like looking at these stats again. They're they're so staggering. The the pressure rate leads the NFL in four man rush sets, and they still blitzed so much. So again, it, it was just a flood. It was this overwhelming flood, and that opens up so much for everybody else. I mean, Drake Greenlaw had 15 tackles yesterday. He he yeah. led the team. He's he's top 10 in NFL in tackles. He just got the new contract. He's playing with his hair on fire. Uh, Fred Warner did one of the more impressive things I've seen on an NFL football field yesterday. He covered a guy who almost set the NFL single-season receiving record last year, a wideout in Cooper Cup in the red zone. Uh, you get, that was a huge red zone stop. I mean, just think about it. When, when you have that kind of pass rush, and then you have somebody like Drake Greenlaw is able to rack up 15 quality tackles a game. These weren't garbage tackles. These were quality tackles. And then you have somebody like Fred Warner who could do the work of a DB. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the stars of the show on the back end yesterday in Talano Hufanga, Charvarius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley. Jimmy Ward hasn't even played yet this year. That is just mind-numbing flexibility that the 49ers have defensively. And Nick Bosa said it best. He said, yeah, we're getting Verrett and we're getting Jimmy Ward back. That's pretty scary. And it's got to be horrifying for other teams. I mean, they're playing at a historic level. And they're not even at full strength. So, I mean, I don't know what comes next, but I don't think that we've seen the best of this defense if they stay healthy. I mean, that's that's always the big if, and this stuff can go off the rails really quickly. But, boy, what we've seen so far is like that 2019 defense, except with better play in the back seven, right? The front four was awesome in, early in 2019, but the back seven has matured this year. And they also, you know, Hufanga and, and Charvarius Ward, those guys are big-time difference makers. Yeah. 
Yeah, the best guy that we're not talking a lot about is Charvarius Ward. And the reason is because teams just aren't throwing in his direction. He was targeted twice. Like I said, I mean, the, the Rams controlled the ball for uh, the majority of the game, and yet they only threw in his direction twice. One of them was, a, I think, an eight-yard gain. And one of them was in the end zone, and, and Ward knocked it away. I think the, the pass was to Allen Robinson. So he's having just a fantastic season. I, I hope that he's going to get the, the national recognition that he deserves. And sometimes cornerbacks kind of suffer from their own greatness out there because uh, teams avoid those guys. And, and that's what the Rams seem to be doing with, with Ward yesterday. But your, your point uh, about the other Ward, Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett, is a good one. Both of those guys are, are eligible to start practicing this week, um, which would kind of trigger their, their window for being activated, being placed on the uh, the, the 53-man roster. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly, uh, you know, where they're going to go. Um, you know, the, the, that, that uh, secondary is playing so well that it, A, gives the 49ers the luxury of bringing these guys back slowly. I'd be very surprised if Jason Verrett, for example, is activated this week. Uh, but let's say that uh, Jimmy Ward is, is able to play. Um, Deshaun Gibson, uh, he's another guy you just don't hear much about, but in, in a very good way. He's so solid back there. He's the reason why uh, Hufanga can play along the line of scrimmage as much as he does. He's the reason why Hufanga can blitz as much as he does. Uh, he's just been just absolutely solid. Uh, no blown plays. We just noted that Matthew Stafford's longest pass play of the game was 18 yards. That's nothing in the NFL. So uh, the 49ers have a good thing going right now. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, Dennis, when those reinforcements are, are able to come back onto the field. They just get better. I mean, they just get stronger. I mean, it, it, if you look at this defense and you think about – you know, how can they get better? And last night they showed it, and it's and it's takeaways, it's turnovers, interceptions, forced fumbles. Um, and, and that's what I think, you know, a guy like a Jimmy Ward's going to bring back. I mean, he's the vet. He's a, he's a quarterback back there. Hufanga is, you know, I know this guy, he plays like, like, like crazy. I mean, he's all over the football field. And it looks like his football 101 is getting so much better. The way he picked off that, that, that pick six, he read that whole thing. I mean, it's easy against the Rams because you kind of know where they're going with the football. But you know, him, his instinct is is incredible. But if you bring, you know, you know, some of these guys, you know, off of IR, uh, I think you just increase your turnovers. And you know, we saw like last night. That's when you can kind of really take over a football game, and you can close out a football game if you can turn the ball over. So I mean, you look at this defense. I'm telling you, if these guys can keep it up and stay healthy. I mean, they're going to be a special group of guys at the end of this football season because right now, I mean, they pitched a shutout basically last night, three three field goals, you know, the week before. I mean, I don't think, you know, there's not many touchdowns scored on this on this defense. And, and if you can keep a team to under 10 points a football game, you're going to win a whole lot of football games if your offense is efficient and putting points on the board. But if you, you know, our, our goal in like in 94 – our goal was to hold teams to 10 points, and we knew we would win football games. So, you know, this team, you know, they're, they're strong. They're strong on a lot of different levels. You know, they're, they're deep at a lot of positions, and when these guys come back, it's just going to increase it. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, let's talk about that 49ers offense because I thought that, you know, this game to me was remarkable in that a lot obviously went wrong in the loss to the Broncos. Even on the defensive end, they they did a lot right, but because they didn't force the takeaways, it kind of melted down there at the end. So we we had this checklist that we talked about last week that the 49ers had accomplished to fix things on both sides of the ball. Guys, I don't think I've ever seen from week to week a team literally check everything off the list down to a T. And on offense, it was, well, how do the 49ers fix pass protection issues? How does Garoppolo get more accurate? How does uh, you know Garoppolo get into better lockstep with Kyle Shanahan? How do the 49ers unlock better third down efficiency and then get more running plays? I mean, it was like five or six things that the 49ers had to do, and they, they handled everything. And they did it based on the formula through which they've beaten the Rams in the past. Dating back to 2020, when they beat the Rams as underdogs in that game at Levi Stadium, uh, the 49ers in every single win against the Rams, uh, their quarterback, when, when Garoppolo's been QB, one of those was, was a Nick Mullins game. But when Garoppolo's been QB, the snap to release time on average has been 2.4 seconds or less, which is extremely fast. It's That, that would rank in the top five of, of all uh, NFL quarterback performances every year. It was 2.44 seconds yesterday, Matt. So this was exactly the formula that we're, to, that we're talking about. The 49ers beat Aaron Donald and the Rams without Trent Williams. Colton McKivitz played well at left tackle but got hurt. He's got an MCL sprain, it sounds like. So they're going to have to go to their third option, Jalen Moore, in all likelihood there moving forward. But the, the point remained the same regardless of who was there. You had to get the ball out quick. Garoppolo did get the ball out quick. They passed to, to set up the run yesterday. They had seven more passes than runs in the first half. They lined up in the shotgun on play one. He hit Brandon Ayuk, and I thought that really set a theme. And then Garoppolo audibled uh, into the play that was the touchdown, the Jeff Wilson, the, 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 the wham block, the pitch, the pitch back. And I think that underscores that he's got some freedom at the line of scrimmage. And that he and Shanahan are are in much better cohesion than they were last week, which is what you want to see from week to week after that weird offseason. And I'm sure it made Shanahan happy because Shanahan loves the run game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, had enough command of the line of scrimmage to go there, check into the right one with Aaron Donald off the field, and really helm a, a just a, a very efficient start for the 49ers offensively. They got him in position to win this game going away. Yeah, I, I think cohesion was the, the name of the game for them. And, and it was cohesive uh, against the Broncos. 
Um, lots of mistakes along the offensive line in that game. But, um, and, and then sort of the storyline going from one game to the other was that, oh, they're playing the same defense. Uh, the, the Broncos and the Rams use the same defensive scheme, uh, which dating back to the, the championship game has been very effective against the 49ers. But I, I think that that actually helped the 49ers because that young offensive line that's just learning the ropes, really just learning how to how to run this uh, this zone rushing concept that, that Shanahan uses, got to basically learn from their mistakes against the Broncos and apply them against the Rams. Uh, and so the communication was a lot better. Um, Charlie Warner and uh, Aaron Banks and, and George Kittle told me after the game that everything was geared around Aaron Donald. Where is Aaron Donald on any given play? And they would, they would change the play. Um, based on where he was, because uh, the, the Rams will move him around quite a bit. Uh, so that was first and foremost, and they did an excellent job of that. I mean, uh, Aaron Donald had uh, a, a couple of nice plays, two tackles behind the line of scrimmage, but that was it. Um, he, he did not dominate this game like he has in the past. So they identified uh, Donald. Um, they, they played well, and I think that you know, the, it's just not as talented a Rams defense as it was last year. Last year it was Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd that you had to uh, account for. This year the, there's no Von Miller, so it, it sort of simplified things for the 49ers. And, you know, they, they found the one guy that could ruin the game for them, and they made sure that he wouldn't do that. Uh, and uh, I just thought it was a very smart, um, like I said, a cohesive, well-oiled game for that offense and for that offensive line in particular yeah and you know Jimmy Garoppolo talked about getting to a rhythm and I think he started this football game off in a great rhythm I mean he he, you know he drove the offense down the field he was moving the chains uh and Kyle Shanahan got a little creative you know he was he was able to kind of even use Debo as a you know kind of you know deflection a little bit you know everyone's focused on him you know run some plays on the inside a fullback dive um, and we don't talk enough about Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, for you know, he has just shown up. You know, he had, a, I think, he had another great game. I think that, you know, that audible you're talking about, that cutback, I think that kind of set the tone for the football game. You know, he showed up. He, he's only running back, I think, that that carried the ball last night, uh, and he's done a, a fantastic job. But the bottom line is the the forty. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Kyle understands this. This Rams defense, like you said, it's the same defense as Denver, but he he's always successful, and Jimmy Garoppolo is always successful against the Rams. They play the Rams really well, and I think they do it because they focus on that one player, Aaron Donald. I mean, they know where he is, they know where he's lining up, uh, and then they change the plays, like you said, or you know they focus on running away from him, and it's and it's very successful. And I said it before, this offensive line has impressed me. You know, I was worried about McKivitz out there. He did a good job. Uh, you know, and 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 Moore came in and he did he did a good job too. They 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 played really well. McGlinchey played well. You know, that interior uh, offensive line they played well. Aaron Banks, he's a different player now than he was in the preseason. So, you know, again, if if this offense can put points on the board and this defense can stay healthy. This team can win a lot of football games. You know, I talked to Spencer Burford after the game, and he he was rotating in there with Daniel Brunskill. We talk about the law firm, by the way, Brendel, Burford, and Banks. 
Brunskill fits into the law firm. They have a new attorney, and his name fits <laughs> fits well. So you could say Brendel, Banks, Burford, and Brunskill. Uh, four four lawyers that 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 you like right there. But uh, Brunskill and Burford were were alternating series. I think it was two two one one whatever. But Burford just went up and told me, hey. Brunskill was awesome in the meeting room this week. And keep in mind, Brunskill's not a guy who's gotten like truly paid. You know, he's he's on a one-year restricted free agent deal. He he's working toward another contract. Burford obviously working as as a rookie. Uh, there could be some competitive tension there, and and there probably is. Uh, but the 49ers are obviously making the most of it based on what Burford told me. He said that Brunskill sat down with him and outlined how to beat Aaron Donald on running plays this week. And it was all about the first step, how to get Aaron Donald turning the wrong way, because you basically use Aaron Donald's quickness against him, right? Because he's so quick off the ball, but you get him to fire off to the right when the play is going to the left, and all of a sudden the hole is bigger, right? So um, Brunskill actually had, had turned that into a bit of an art over the past few years. He had some really good performances against Aaron Donald. And he sat down in the meeting room over the course of the week and spent extra time with Spencer Burford to uh, you know make sure that he was ready to, to face Aaron Donald in that run game. And we talk about the wham play. Donald wasn't on the field there, but Burford had an excellent block. You got to give Charlie Werner a whole heck of a lot of credit. He's 241 pounds and... Greg Gaines, the 313-pound Rams nose tackle, just looks shocked at <laughs> the fact that a guy with a 70-pound disadvantage would take him on. And he just gave up on the play. And and, and I guess like maybe that was a theme of yesterday. Um, Jalen Ramsey didn't look like he wanted to tackle Debo Samuel. I thought that was an embarrassing effort in the open field from Ramsey. Just kind of didn't even dive at his feet. He just fell at his feet. He he acted like he dove, but he, he didn't want any part of that. Um, neither did like three other Rams defenders. And and then Gaines didn't want any part of a guy who was 70 pounds lighter than him. And, you know, Matt, the, the, the 49ers have talked about this in press conferences. There are a few murmurs about this in the locker room after the game. Uh, they, they don't really have a lot of respect for the Rams. Uh, when, when They think the Rams are a different team when they're winning versus when they're losing. Let's just put it that way. And that's something that Debo Samuel said straight up to the NFL Network this offseason, right? Uh, The Rams wouldn't even shake our hands when we beat them, but they did after we lost. Um, The bottom line is that I think the 49ers in these seven consecutive regular season wins against the Rams, they know they can get under L.A.'s skin when when things are going well, especially when it comes to either run blocking or running after the catch. And that's why the performances from the offensive line and from Debo Samuel in space yesterday were kind of the, the heartbeat of this this victory on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, um, the 49ers could thump their chests a little more loudly if they didn't lose that one game. I mean, the, the one that really counted. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, uh, the, the Rams, uh, especially Aaron Donald uh, in that defense, really kind of showed fire in that game that uh, is absolutely missing from some of these uh, regular season contests, especially uh, the, the games up in, in Levi Stadium. It's just the Rams don't, don't even bother to show up there. Um, yeah, I, there, there were a couple of plays where Ashawn Robinson, one, one of their defensive ends, he just kind of basically got out of his stance and, and didn't do much at the line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what that is. It, it is funny that uh, the 49ers play with a lot of fire in, the, in these uh, matchups, and, and the Rams seem to be missing it. Um, going back to what you said about the, the, the Burford 
run skill rotation, uh, boy, it just underscores that the, the 49ers really don't love having rookies out on the field. We, we see it everywhere. Um, Samuel Womack starts out at nickel cornerback uh, this season and then is replaced by Diamador Lenore. Uh, very reluctant to give Jordan Mason and Ty Davis price snaps. This goes back to last year with Trey Sermon. I guess Elijah Mitchell is the big exception to this group, but that that seems to be a kind of Shanahan theme that we're not going to give rookies um, just simply hand rookies a lot of playing time. We're going to make them fight for it because I think the philosophy is is that that establishes the uh, the work ethic, the practice habits, this, that, and the other that we want these guys to have for the rest of their career. And uh, you know, we saw that with Brandon Ayuk. I think he got. They had to give him lots of snaps as a rookie in, in 2020 uh, because they had no alternative. But in 2021, they really made him earn it. And uh, I, I think that that's paid dividends for that for them and for Ayuk uh, down the line in the future. Yeah, you don't want to give rookies too much. You want to you want to teach them how to how to kind of work for it because you, know, you come into the NFL as a rookie. And if you're a high draft pick, I mean, you, you're kind of used to being the man. I mean, yeah, you know, there there are rookies that come in and, and play really well, but it's it's good, you know, to build that work ethic. Uh, and I think you know when you run into guys, not not like a Nick Bosa, but like a Brandon Ayuk, that kind of needs to be taught kind of how it is, how you need to practice, how you need to pre- prepare for a football game. It's good, but if you got a rookie that that's that you're going to put on the field and you need like a Debo or or Nick Bosa, you got to put them on the football field. But it is, I like that idea of. You know, making them learning that you always have to work and and, and become a competitor. Um, you know, in the on the football field and and also uh, in the in the film study room. So I, I think that's a good way of going. But you know, I think about the Rams, and I, I think the reason why the 49ers are so successful against the Rams is because you know they're so much more physical. I can remember earlier in the week uh, before the game started that McVeigh had them in pads. You know, just trying to, you know, get used to, to being physical. And you talk about the Jalen Ramsey, uh, the Wham block. The, the 49ers, they're a physical football team. And when they go against the Rams, they always, they're more physical than the Rams are. And I think that's why they're so successful against the Rams. Because, you know, they're not a physical football team. And the 49ers tend to kind of beat up on them a little bit. Um, and let's just, you know, that, that one game, you know, you, 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 you beat them twice during the season and you lose the game that really, really counts to make it to the Super Bowl. But I just think the, the 49ers are just, you know, they're, they're so much more physical than the Rams and it shows up every time, you know, they go against the Rams. Certainly showed up yesterday. I think, you know, if you look at blemishes on this win, just cause we want to cover everything, special teams, uh, isn't delivering the way that the 49ers needed to yet now it's it's weird because it's the phase of special teams that actually wasn't an issue before that that's caused them some problems this year it's the kicking game Robbie Gold missed a field goal that made things a little bit dicier than they should have been and then obviously it was the field goal unit that made things dicier than they should have been against Seattle when they had that kick blocked so uh, that's something that the 49ers have to iron out. And then Ray-Ray McLeod fumbled a, a kick return that, thankfully for the 49ers, Marlon Mack fell on it. But that, that could have been really bad. So um, McLeod had a bit of a fumbling issue in the past in Pittsburgh. So he's got to clean that up for the 49ers. They would not, you know, r- right now, if you look at the efficiency, 
49ers number one defense, number 16 offense, and number 29 special teams. And then <laughs> that that's worse than last year in the special teams. But um, it's still early. That's that's going to be a little bit more of a volatile number. But I, I just think they need to continue improving on offense, get that up into the top 10 range. I, I don't think that's unreasonable, especially, you know, they'll get Elijah Mitchell and those guys back later in the season. The line will continue maturing. And then on the uh, special team side, just don't have them screw it up. That's the formula, right? And um, if the 49ers can do that, then they can bring it all together. Guys, a- any final thoughts? We got to run here. Uh, so some more press conference duties to attend. But what a win, right? One, one special fast. team's thought. Um, the, the 49ers only have nine punt return yards against them, uh, which uh, w- was startling to me. So uh, that's, that's, that's the best yeah. in the NFC. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have zero against them uh that's the best in the nfl but it just shows uh that uh field position has been good good to them and that mitch wishnowski uh, is having a, a a very strong season as a punter that's a good point yeah. good call out yeah and you know now they go on the road what they're two weeks they're out of they're out of town for two weeks and they got two very winnable games uh and then you know you come back to levi stadium which you're undefeated at right now and and you have the big game against kansas city so you got two weeks uh to continue doing what you're doing and come back home yeah kc's gonna be fun yeah especially the 49ers win the next two and the defense continues roaring the way it is then you have this defense against patrick mahomes super bowl rematch at home wow i mean it's it's a long season we still this is gonna be fun so let's buckle up All right, for uh, Dennis Brown and Matt Barrows, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you a little bit later this week as the 49ers prepare to take on the Carolina Panthers. Take care, guys.